John Higginbotham, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm great. So thank you for taking the time to talk to us about this this new report. And just to start off, when it comes to the differences between the North American Arctic and Arctic regions of Russia and the Nordics, what are your biggest concerns? Well, my biggest concern is the failure of the national governments and the sub-regional governments of the uh, North American Arctic in putting in the long-run investments in transport, communications, and energy uh, infrastructure that are going to keep us in the game as the Arctic develops and the Arctic Ocean melts over the next uh, uh, couple of decades. And how does that compare to what's going on in Russia and the Nordics? Take the example of how Russia has taken uh, a major gas deposit in the Yamal Peninsula, a little similar to our stranded gas resources in the Beaufort Sea, and is exporting them to China, Japan, and Korea with icebreaker tankers. That is a new type of vessel, which for many months of the year will be able to go through the Arctic ice, delivering liquefied natural gas to those countries in Asia. They're going to be building 15 vessels like that, decades ahead of Canada uh, in the development of oil and gas and in the development of the Northern Sea Route. But the Nordics are uh, a major oil and gas power, and they are moving further and further uh, north into the Arctic Ocean. It's a very sophisticated country that, unlike Russia, that has found a good balance between uh, environmental responsibility and economic development. They're, they're debating the limits of that kind of thing all the time. It's a good model for Canada. But Canada is paying, frankly, more attention to governance and identity issues than to the fundamental uh, development of economic infrastructure on which any long-term solutions to uh, the social and economic problems of the Canadian Arctic, have to be based. What would you boil these differences down to? Is it a question of geography, leadership, vision, or or something else? It's a question of geography and a question of leadership and a question of history. Russia and Norway are always thinking of the North. Canada is not always thinking of the North. It pays lip service to the North in various ways, but all of our preoccupations are with the United States, with global issues, and so forth. The territorial governments are generously subsidized, but that's basically to deal with uh, education and health costs. The big investments, that is the state investments in infrastructure uh, that could provide a kind of matrix for, for private enterprise in the Canadian Arctic really doesn't exist in the same way that it does in Europe. What steps need to be taken to close the gap, or can it be closed given the geographical and and social realities of the Canadian Arctic? I would be very happy to see simply better long-term planning, but between the federal government and the territorial governments and Indigenous groups. I'd like to see something happening, even if it takes us 20 years to build the roads and airports and deep water ports and energy systems and uh, internet systems that could make the North really modern and, and prosperous. But the problem is that 
federal the federal government has stepped back from a leadership role in infrastructure because it's uh, expensive it's hard to take the heat from environmentalists perhaps over some projects we had pretty good leadership i would say under the harper government it did a number of things uh, icebreakers uh, road to to the arctic ocean uh, uh, the uh, Polar uh, Knowledge Institute. Uh, the current government has been very preoccupied with uh, Indigenous reconciliation and with climate change. Uh, I have no problem with any of those things, but what has been sacrificed is the is the kind of investment over the longer term uh, that will allow development to take place in the in the Canadian Arctic. We're very, very bereft of uh, good marine corridors, safe harbors, airports with long, uh, hardened runways, many, many, many things. And this is a, these are big-ticket items, but you have to start somewhere. And the politics are just not there because, in the end, the M- there are three MPs from the Arctic uh, in the Canadian Parliament, There are hundreds of MPs and hundreds of mayors and provincial uh, people, all of whom are arguing for more money for their infrastructure. All of those are legitimate needs, but I think the Arctic has got uh, the short end of the stick over uh, over the last 20 years or so under different parties. What needs to be done to make people in southern Canada, the lower 48, or even downtown Copenhagen, care about the Arctic? Canada has a kind of romantic, folkloric uh, ideal of the Arctic, which is not in close accord with reality. It probably, people don't worry about infrastructure. You don't realize that everything you import or export uh, comes on ships or railways. People don't think about how those things develop. They, They developed in the history of Canada, whereby we have a a, a very, very mature network of, of transportation, energy, and telecommunications infrastructure close to the U.S. border. But the, the kind of expression of nation-building that would be necessary to, to invest over the long term in, uh, in Arctic infrastructure and development uh, just isn't there. It's not yet a, a, political, a political priority. I still have hopes that as a result of the review of Canadian Arctic policy that the government is carrying on now, that it, that, that will not be forgotten because however noble our goals are in other areas, we'll, we'll have a stagnant Arctic in comparison with, with the emergence of a, a new open Arctic Ocean and new players like China in the Arctic Uh, that we will be unable to catch up with those countries. John Higginbotham, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much.